Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I am your host, Corey. Thankful you guys are here to join me on this wonderful special day. Each day that we have on this earth is a special day. I was uh, Today I was talking to someone that uh, went and did a suicide awareness run and um, she's someone that lost her sister to suicide and unfortunately I wasn't able to make it to the event but I'm planning on going next year and so we were we were discussing the date that it's at and where it's at and what you do I think it's 5k um, but what she was saying is that at the event they have beads and each like there's a bunch of different color beads like if you lost a sister or a brother or a parent or a um, son or a daughter to suicide, you would get a different color bead. So, um, it helps to, when you're walking around the event, I'm sure to see other people with the same color beads that you have on. So it's, uh, easy to create this sense of camaraderie, if you will, for lack of a better term, uh, that someone else has gone through the same thing, uh, that you've been through. Uh, what I find interesting is that the more I talk about this and the more people that, share that they've listened to the podcast, um, that are surprised that I'm someone that has, um, battled mental health over the years, that there is a level of camaraderie that comes together, um, shared suffering, if you will. It's similar to why we all like CrossFit, why we like to battle what we have in the gym, what we, what we like to, um, overcome some of these hurdles that you do in the gym and, just like overcoming certain skills or getting your firsts, there's that type of thing in healing, um, especially when you lose a loved one. And they talk about the stages of grief with it, which is a very real thing. And so there's there's different phases that you go through. And, you know, it's kind of like the phases of evolving as an athlete that there are certain points where th- something's just going to hit you and you start crying. There's going to be a point in a workout where something hits you and you're going to fail. Like you're going to have to stop working out. You're going to maybe call the dinosaurs, go outside and yak a little bit, um, or flat out just have to take a break. And it's the same thing with healing. There's some days that, uh, it's going to be so overwhelming that you can't function. Um, there's going to be days that something will trigger you into just starting to cry, which is fine. You know, ride the wave of those emotions and acknowledge them, deal with them. And what I was telling my friend is like, you know, it's so good that you go to those events versus hiding out. When I was uh, in the worst of the worst points of my healing, I would hide out. I would try to hide in my apartment. I would try to mentally hide from um, the the battle that was going on in my mind and not deal with what exactly was going on. And like I've said many times, the more that I started talking about it and telling my story, no matter how much I cried about my story, I still got through it and told it. But each time I did that, I heal a little bit. Each time that you go to events and talk to other people uh, that have been through the same things that you have been through, you're going to heal a little bit. And, you know, with, with the, the subject of suicide is just such a crappy thing. You know, you can't, there's nothing you can do anymore. There's nothing you can, um, fix and you know, you're nothing you can help. And you spend all this time, like, you know, how come I didn't know? Why didn't I do more? And and you try to like carry the weight of someone else's choice and it just sucks, you know? And, uh, I, I think that 
the more you can get involved in those types of things, the more that you can talk to people, the more that you can share your story, the more you're going to heal. It's like with anything in mental health, talking is definitely going to help. What does not help is sitting there and hiding from it. Um, beating yourself up because of someone else's choice. It's not your thing to fix. They made that choice. And it's crappy because you're left there with the remnants of their decision. You're left there with the pain. You know, they're done feeling the pain. And with whatever you feel about the afterlife and your beliefs, like they're in a better place than when they were here in their, in their mind. Like whatever was going on in their head was so extreme. It was so bad that their only alternative in their mind was to free themselves from that pain. Now, if you're someone like me, that thought crosses your mind from time to time when you're mentally torturing yourself. You know, I, I'm very thankful that I had the support I needed at the time I needed it because I didn't make that choice. And it's just, it's just, I feel bad to the point that all I can do is listen and offer like support. And when we were talking here, she kind of teared up, which is fantastic. Not that I enjoy seeing someone cry, but like she's healing. Like you can, when the tears are running out, that's someone healing. When they're talking about it, that's someone healing, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make it there next year and just kind of absorb it. I don't know if I'll do like a podcast or anything like that, but, um, I might do an episode. I don't know. We'll just see. We'll see what happens. And that's not something I have gotten into really a lot with anxiety. Um, that's more of a depressive or depression type of outcome. I, I haven't, and it might just be my experience in, in, in this re, uh, realm. I was depressed because of my anxiety. So that's kind of how it went hand in hand for me. But I don't know a whole lot of people that are uh, suicidal because of anxiety but that's just my experience. It doesn't mean that it's not there. I haven't really read much about it, which I probably should, which I will, I'll plan to do that. And then, you know, come back to the subject as far as it relates to anxiety. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, I just kind of went off on a tangent there on a conversation I had at gym today. So, and that person that I'm talking to, if you're listening, you're rad. <laughs> you're awesome. So the, the next thing I kind of want to talk about is uh, injury. Now, this is not really specific to people with anxiety, but just something that came up a little while ago, and I wanted to kind of go over a post that I put up about it. Um, I'm someone that has been through like a ton of injuries, just way too many. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's taught me a lot. And, you know, I've had 13 surgeries, and it's taught me a lot about rehab, rest, recovery. Um, you know, I still find myself uh, making mistakes to try to push through those injuries and not listening to my body. But what I've, I've gotten pretty good at like recovery and scaling. Um, I just, every once in a while, I, it just kind of, it's like a slow leak. It eventually just kind of fills up my pain tub, if you will. Um, but I've gotten pretty good at recovery and scaling, um, you know, movement modifications when I need to. Uh, currently I got a, my knee is like I had PRP, um, probably like two years ago and it's finally just completely worn off. So um, I got a little fraying in my quad ligament, like I'm the top of my patella. It's kind of like jumper's knee, but not really. Uh, it's from kicking 200 footballs a day for like seven years. So uh, I got to get that redone here after our competition in September. Um, but I, like the point I'm trying to make here is like when you're sore, like it's important to move. Like 
getting to the gym and moving like this morning I woke up, I was super sore. Uh, we had comp training at one and I feel fantastic right now. Um, I might not tomorrow morning, but, <laughs> but, uh, right now I feel pretty good, but, uh, you know, soreness and pain are, are different. Like soreness is a dull type of thing. It's achy. Um, you know, feel a little bit warm. Um, but pain, pain's sharp pain. It limits your range of motion, you know, a little tear jerking, um, if you can't do full range of motion, that's going to be hard to move biomechanic, biomechanically and atomically correct. Atomically? That's right. Atomically. No. Anatomically. <laughs> yeah, I knew that wasn't sounding right, but yeah, anatomically correct. So, you know, it can also lead to like more injury. And, and that's where I used to mess up is like, rather than like taking time off, I like, would try to force myself through it. And that's just kind of my own, my own deal. Um, but it can lead to major injury and, and it, it sometimes requires surgery. And, you know, I, I did that. I had a hernia a couple of years back and it's still kind of bugging me, but, um, I've gotten smarter at, you know, scaling and, and movement, um, modifications. So there's no bonus points for, for sucking it up. You know, no matter how hard we try, we're like, you know, rub some dirt and get back in there. It's kind of a, I don't know, macho type of stupid mindset to have, but you can push through soreness and move. Um, but when you're in pain, you need to rest, you need to ice, you need to use compression elevation, which is the rice principle, <laughs> rest, ice, compression, elevation, but do PT, you know, do some mobilization, ice again, drink more water go to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with going to the doctor for pain. Now, if you're sore, that's a different story. They'll probably just, you know, like pat you on the back and be like, you're going to be all right. And then you'll have like a $130 bill for just an office visit. But when you're sore, drink a lot of water, move, mobilize, stretch, do yoga, do Ramwad, do ice baths, cold shower, move again, go for a bike ride, go for a walk, do some yoga, do some Ramwad going to repeat myself, move through the pain, go and work out again. You know, if you're in a good box, they're going to give you a warm up, um, like specific to the workout. And so you should be good and loose before you even start the workout. But the last major piece of the puzzle, and this is the important one that took me forever to figure out is nutrition. You know, I, le I learned this later in life that, uh, you know, your gut health plays a huge part in inflammation. You know, your, your gut is the most dynamic organ in your body. The biome of your gut is just crazy. That's just what we live on. Like if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be able to digest food. We wouldn't have the nutrients and all the other fun stuff that builds our body and helps our body function. So when your stomach is inflamed, your joints are going to just, you know, be inflamed just as much. And I found this out later in life. I was uh, working with a supplement company that worked on um, what is called a alkaline nutrition, you know, stuff that's low in acidity and that will benefit that gut biome. You know, they, they would get a probiotic and you would get um, these things that would help the interstitial tissue, which is that fluid that is around your fat and in your fat, not necessarily your blood because changing blood pH is what's you know, what happens when you drink poison and then you die, but the fluid in your body, you know, like you see people that are significantly overweight and morbidly obese, they have those big lymphedema things on their legs. 
that is just like toxins inside your body. And that interstitial tissue is super high in pH, which you can look up what high pH does, but, um, it's acidic. And so when we have, uh, you know, acidic fluid in our body, that fluid is going to, you know, go into your knees, it goes into your ankles, it goes into your elbows and your shoulders. And, um, for me, someone that has had chronic pain and, you know, um, tendonitis in pretty much every joint in my body over the years, I have to be very careful with what I eat. What goes in will become your body. And, you know, it'll radiate into those joints and soft tissues. When you eat crappy food, you're going to feel like crap. It's just like adding fuel to the flame. Um, you know, it'll be one, one of those things that you'll notice over time, but you won't notice it until you've been eating clean long enough and you have something crappy and you wake up and you're noticeably more sore. Um, that's when I notice it now is when I've kind of <laughs> went out the deep end and eaten a whole bag of uh, brownie brittle, which happened last night. I was sore this morning. I could tell there's a difference. Um, but the other thing is that it's going to keep you farther away from metabolic disease. And, and that's why we do what we do it is for health, whether it's mental or physical, but there is a huge connection between your gut health and mental health. Think of it like this, eat good, think good. You know, my football coach, just reminds me of a quote he said one time and we were talking about uniforms and tucking our jerseys in and all that fun stuff. He's like, look good, play good. Well, if you eat good, you're going to think good or think well. That's probably more grammatically correct. But if you eat well, you're going to have less of those physical symptoms, especially with some people with anxiety. Like you tune into those physical symptoms. You're going to have less of those if you're eating healthier. And if you're at a point where you're looking for anything, start with your nutrition because what you're doing is not working, right? So if, I mean, if, if you're already eating clean, then you can disregard this, but if you're not eating ideal, try paleo, try ketogenic, try the CrossFit prescription, try any of those, start there. That's what I re would recommend. Or, you know, if you could do vegetarian or vegan, go for it. Carnivore, go for it. Just take out processed carbohydrates, pop and Starbucks specialty drinks. Any kind of coffee specialty drinks, get it out of there. Sugar, super acidic. Carbonated drinks, super acidic. Carbohydrates can be super acidic depending upon how processed they are. So, when in pain, rest and recover. When sore, move. Drink water, move. Drink some more water, move. I'm sure that's my spiel on <laughs> that part of it, right? So, if you're injured, take time off. It's, I mean, you can get back on it eventually if you let yourself heal, but if you don't let yourself heal, you're going to be injured and you may get take, the thing taken away that you love to do the most. Like for me, I got to take time off. Otherwise, like if I don't get to do this, I'm going to have a hard time balancing my mental health because when I don't feel good physically, I have a really hard time mentally. Which that leads me to my next point is if, you know, I understand that changing your nutrition habits is hard. Any kind of change is hard, like changing your thoughts, changing your uh, time spent in worrying. It's super hard. Like it's hard to do changing your habits. I mean, you have spent so much time developing in them that they're not going to change overnight. Thinking worrisome thoughts is a habit. It's not something that you consciously are like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to, you know, probably die tonight because I can feel my heart and my heart's getting heavy or like faster and faster and it's pounding more and more. And like, 
you don't want to think that way. I know you don't. And it's just habitual. It's something that you've done so much for like recently that it's taken over your life. But you know, we weren't born with anxiety. It's something that developed. It's like, uh, you know, if you drink coffee, like there was a point in time where you were like, Ugh, dad, why are you drinking coffee? Or mom, why are you drinking coffee? It's so gross. But now you drink coffee. Like you developed a taste for it. You changed the habit. You like, there was one day you saw the benefit of drinking coffee. And so you started doing it. Once you can really see the benefit in changing your thoughts in the moment, you can do it. You know, as we look back and we say, it wasn't as hard as I thought. People that have gotten farther down their, their journey, like myself, it's like, it really wasn't that hard. It was just consistent. It was just tweaking my thoughts in the moment. It was just little by little. It was just letting myself and allowing myself to change. So often we change, we, we, we stop ourselves before we start because we think it's impossible. I've talked about climbing a mountain. Well, you're going to do it one step at a time. Habits, habitual things like thinking, eating, any kind of habit you want to change. If you're a smoker, first stop. But if you want to change, consistency. Allow yourself to do it. It's almost like it's almost like you're, you know, convincing yourself that you can do it is the hardest part. Like the work you actually do is not that hard. But like opening up and allowing yourself to have a different point of view, to have different thought processes, to have different habits, that's the hard part. It's not actually doing it. Like you can just write things down and repeat them, read them like out loud, whatever, like read them every night and and like just setting yourself up for a time to do that. Like we have time. We can just, we just need to make time. You know, everybody's like, I'm too busy for X, Y, or Z, but you know, get up earlier. Go to bed a little bit later. If you already have pressed for a schedule, fit it in when you go to the bathroom. There's time on the bathroom that you can read. Instead of playing that bricks and bullets game, or bricks and, what is it? <laughs> bricks and balls game that I'm obsessed with lately. But you can, instead of doing those things, is just fit it in. If we really look at it, like we can do that. We can change. But our mind is, is the sticking point, man. You know, you, uh, when you look at something like walking and if you don't have kids, you want to, um, probably understand this reference, but like your kid, you know, they're just kind of lay on their stomach and wiggle their arms. And then eventually they press their arms down and they're up on their knees. And then they figure out that they can move one knee forward and then the other knee forward and they're crawling. And then some kids will crawl on their hands and feet. And then all of a sudden they're up walking. But that doesn't happen just all of a sudden. They fall, they get back up. They grab onto the couch, they get back up. Imagine a couch is that person that you trust the most and you put your arms on them and lean on them to help yourself walk forward. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, you know, they get back up and they keep trying and they try again and they try again. And eventually they're running around the house they're saying things they're not supposed to. They're not listening. It's such a beautiful experience being a parent. But over time, they learn to walk. And over time, if you can figure out a way to allow yourself a different line of thinking, a different habitual side of thinking, you can 
do it. Like I'm, I'm optimistic. And the reason I'm optimistic is that you're looking for avenues to heal. And one of those avenues that you're doing is listening to this podcast. Obviously I'm not talking to people that aren't listening because <laughs> they're not going to hear me anyways. But it's like that, that, um, what is it? A proverb? It's the tale of the two wolves inside all of us. One's evil. You know, it's anger, it's negativity, it's jealousy, greed, resentment, lies, ego. And I think ego is probably one of the biggest things that we need to overcome with anxiety. The other's good. It's joy, it's happiness, peace, love, hope, humility, being true to yourself, empathy, truth. And so the, the talks, like, there's a little bit of a story to it, but it's like, which, which wolf wins in a fight? And it's the one that you feed. And in cartoons, it was always the angel and the devil on your shoulders. But think of it as a positive and negative. Your perspective of your life is going to be directly tied to which side of the spectrum that you feed the most. Are you focusing on negative, scary, worrisome thoughts? Or in between those, are you interjecting positivity, figuring out what is going right in your life, practicing gratitude, encouraging yourself, being your own biggest cheerleader, speaking I am statements, even if they may not be true at this time, I am statements are powerful because they will become belief. Beliefs are just repetitive thoughts. And so if you take aim and purposefully Put in those kind of thoughts, they're going to become belief. And the wolf you feed will win in that fight. It's, it's, I wish I could ex <laughs> articulate how easy it is to do if you, your mind will let you do it. And so it is up to us. Like we all, like I, I tell my son this all the time is like, we always have a choice on how things affect us. We always have a choice on what life events mean to us. We always have that choice, no matter what happens. Because you were born with the ability to be a free thinker. And that simple fact means that you can change anything in your life. If one person in the world has ever done something, you can do it too. It's just how you look at that thought. Like Bill Gates, he's really not that special. He figured out how to do something and then he became obsessed with doing it. Are you obsessed with healing right now? Or is it like your number one goal is to heal or is it to just get by? Make healing your number one goal. Make building yourself up your number one goal. Making, make doing everything you can to make sure that you're your own biggest cheerleader every day. And things will become easier. Build yourself up to become indestructible. Not physically, because that, who cares? <laughs> if you're physically indestructible, who cares? What a dumb thing to be. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you look good, great. You can do some cool things physically, but great. How's your mind? Like, it, some of the best looking people are, have some of the, the worst problems mentally. So, you know, Build yourself up so you're indestructibly, indestructible mentally. Because when that happens, 
when you, when you're strong mentally, when, when bad things happen in life, you're going to be okay. Because you know, like when you've recently had a panic attack, it doesn't take much to set you back off to have another one. But if you're strong mentally and the farther you get away from a panic attack, the less likely you're going to have one just because you have the confidence. You're like, okay, I can manage this. I can do this. I can do this. Create that voice that you need to hear in the moment that you're getting close to a panic attack purposefully. Write that stuff down that you wish you would hear from other people. Do it for yourself. Because, you know, what happens if <laughs> the aliens come down and get all the other people, your last person on the world? Who, who's going to give you that stuff that you think that you need from other people? You're going to be the one that has to do it. But you can do it. It's 100% possible. I'm, I'm an example. I had wonderful supporting people my whole life. I had a wonderful family. I had wonderful friends. I had a wonderful high school experience. But I wasn't doing that for myself. And that's what got me in trouble. Not physically. Physically, I, I, I mean, yeah, I've had a lot of injuries and surgeries. But like physically, in sports, I could do what I decided to do. So I was that person I'm talking about. Yeah, it's great to be indestructible. But like my mind was the problem. I wasn't being my biggest cheerleader. I was being, you know, a bully to myself, basically. Especially after the sports went away, I was a bully to myself. I tried to fit all these different roles. I tried to try to be the same person away from sports, but I would try these different roles. They they weren't even real. I was acting. And so I became true to myself. And I started building myself up because for me, that's most natural to be a nice person. It's most natural to coach people up, to lift people up, to be that person that people come and talk to, that they lean on. Why not be that person for yourself? Now, as Jim Rohn says, there are like nine or 10 ugly, miserable, mean people in the world and they move around a lot. But after you are around one, you're like, well, I can handle another one of those if it happens but you can't handle that if that's you to yourself. It will spiral spiral you down to the bottom. Fortunately, I was able to bounce when I got to that point. I was able to pick up the pom-poms and start shaking them with all my might day after day. Habit session after habit session. You can do this. You've always been able to do this. It's okay if we have a bad day. Today is a new day. Let's try again. Reframe. Try again. Reset. Try again. You can do this. It's okay. Let it go. Don't feel bad. It's just a habit. You can break a habit. Reframe that. Try again. And I would do it over and over and over calm, cool, and collective, supportive of myself, lifting myself up, being that person I wish I had, even though I did. I had those people to lift me up my whole life. I was not that person for myself. 
But once I became that person, things changed. Be your own biggest cheerleader. Be your own support system. Be your own best friend. But don't get me wrong. If you're at a point where you're struggling and you're thinking about doing the unthinkable, talk to someone. Even if you're not at that point, talk to someone. I'm just saying to help change the habit of worrisome thinking, you need to become your own best friend, your own best cheerleader, your own best ally. But when you're struggling, lean on others. Because they're going to tell you these things that you may not want to hear. Like I'm telling you, it's probably not something you want to hear. Yeah, great. It's on me to fix it. Haven't heard that before. But it's true. I'm a living testament to that. I I had support system my whole life. And I'm talking in circles. (laughs) So, uh, it gets me fired up because I'm, I'm excited for you guys that you're listening to this. Like, this is something I wish I had back in the day as someone that, because I thought like I was just unique. I thought that it was weird. And then the more I researched, I, I realized that I wasn't alone. It wasn't something that no one else had. I wasn't, it wasn't unique to me. And so I hope for you that you can look yourself in the mirror and be like, you can do this. I want that for you guys that are listening here. I want you to realize that you're more powerful than you can ever imagine simply for the fact that you were born with the ability to think freely. And so let that sink in. And I'll kind of end the episode there. You're a free thinker. You can change this, I promise. I hope you have a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. Keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out, I promise. We'll see you!